This episode of Why I Joined is brought to you by the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification USA. Their mission is to empower people through the worldview offered by the divine principle to create God-centered families. I would say a word, I would express a feeling, and it was like immediately I would get feedback from God. Like, this is how I, I'm feeling, and, and God would say, oh, you know, this is, this is what I'm trying to teach you, son. Like, this is what it's about. And this was 12 hours. From 10 a.m. till 10 p.m., I walked around. Today, we're joined by Jerio Vincent Gavin. He currently serves as pastor for a vibrant community in Mobile, Alabama, along with his wife, Lena. They've been married for 15 years and have three wonderful children. Together, they're guided by their motto, pursuing the ideal while embracing the reality. Always a dreamer, Jerio works hard to encourage others to own their value as a child of God. Growing up in this movement, Jero was inspired by the dream of one family under God. He didn't know if it was something he could really be a part of, but God had other plans. As a college student, Jerio supported youth ministry before being asked to pastor a large community full-time in Chicago for two years, planting a new church in the suburbs for four years, and then moving to Alabama to pastor a medium-sized church. Through it all, he's learned that the key to ministry is recognizing the qualities of the people in his community. I'm Sungmi Holdis. And I'm Nancy Jeb. And this is why I joined. Hi, Jerio. Hi there. Hi, Sungmi. Hi, Nancy. We're glad to have you this morning. Glad to be here. All right. So, Pastor Jerio, here yeah. is our first question for you What is a particular memory that sums up your experience of growing up in the church yeah no this is uh it's a great question i i listened to 90s music this morning just to get myself in the right zone <laughs> um, what's your go-to oh this morning was everything i had some offspring i had tlc i had u2 you know it was all over but uh, nice. with my roots yeah but yeah this is a great question um just thinking back to my childhood growing up in this and of course, there's many different things. I, I think of, I have to share this. The neat thing about going to potlucks in my faith community was we'd be eating sushi with spaghetti and hot dogs and, you know, kimchi over here and, and something from South America. And, and I just always remember growing up in a culture where everybody was represented and, and we just felt so natural. My aunts and uncles were from all different parts of the world. Um, it was just a relationship with uh, every culture, every nationality presented. And uh, I loved that. I, I loved, we had a, at the beginning of the year each year, January 1st, we would celebrate what we called God's Day. It was the, the day that we offered to God. We we started our year off thinking about God. And I remember going into the church in, in Washington, D.C. and, you know, entering raffles and having all these games. And I remember one time my brother won this awesome bike and you know, just these cool memories of being together with so many different people and visiting other churches, going to different synagogues and temples, that that was something my faith always introduced and encouraged us to do. Like, go connect with other people of faith. Go find the value in one another. And I love that. But I guess one big thing for me was, uh, if I was thinking about all the big experiences, was, uh, I don't know, maybe 2000, 2001, I joined this program, it was Pure Love Alliance. And this was a, a group that 
their idea was we need to have a cultural shift towards honoring marriage, honoring the concept of what we could be if we uh, really value ourselves, value the opposite sex, uh, treat each other like brothers and sisters. And, uh, you know, it was like 150 young people jumping on buses, traveling around the country. We're doing marches uh, and, and proclaiming like this idea like, hey, you're worth waiting for. Like you are such a valuable person, like invest in yourself, grow yourself. We'd have these events and we'd have break dancing and hip hop dancing and doing the uh, theme song for, for what's that? The uh, NBA, the uh, Michael Jordan movie. Where, where oh, Space Jam. Yes. Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that man. Dates this. <laughs> we're doing yes. space jam dances they're doing there's like dramas like plays up there there's there's all sorts of awesome performances and it really felt like we were presenting like a new opportunity for culture like like music and and video and and what we could do with ourselves and how we could treat other people and I just remember it being such an awesome experience. I'm sitting there. I've got people from Europe there. I've got people from Japan and Korea. There's people from South America, people from America. We're all just kind of united by this bigger vision. We've, we've never met each other before, but we're like best friends all of a sudden. We're riding in buses, traveling the country. Some places loved us. And I remember, you know, some mayors opening up their, their towns and feeding us and setting us up in nice hotels because they were like, wow, this is great. This youth group that's like trying to help America. Uh, other places weren't so excited by us. They were, hey, what are they doing out here and, and uh, you know, clogging up our streets? And um, but it, it was just such an awesome experience. Then we went over to Europe and as a young kid, you know, like 12, 13 years old and traveling Europe. And I remember I remember going on this ferry from from England to France and I order a coffee. And I paid like three bucks for this thing. And they give me this, just like this little tiny, like <laughs> child's teacup, you know? I thought, man, they ripped me off, you know? And I drink this coffee and I don't think I slept the rest of the day. So, you know, maybe it was worth it, that $2, but experiencing the world, you know, having Marmite on my sandwiches, which is not very good. Uh, but I guess the British people really love that. And they thought we would enjoy it too. Um, but you That's know, seeing so France, funny. seeing Germany, going around and uh, presenting this idea of what if we could live like brothers and sisters? What if we could really support each other and encourage each other on a, this journey and of life? And and it's hard enough to be a teenager without all the other confusion. And um, I it, it was just such a hopeful time, a time where anything was possible. That you know, you could get up on a bus with a bunch of strangers and change the world. And feel like that really stuck with me, this idea that we're one family and we're trying to change the world and make a difference in any way that we can, uh, serving, doing service projects and everything. It was it was such an incredible time uh, to grow up in that kind of experience. You know, I think I was on that tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, definitely loads of fond memories from that experience too um but it's interesting to hear someone else's like experience of it also yeah yeah there are some incredible times growing up um some big experiences some wild experiences things that uh i wasn't always ready for but but uh definitely challenged us and and gave me a world of experience by meeting 
all sorts of people and trying out this stuff. You said sometimes, you know, there were good times, but also challenging times growing up in the church. Can you talk about the challenging times? Oh, yeah. I think for me, you know, I always got caught up in this idea. I I love the idea of, you know, a peaceful world, a better world uh, that, you know, I'm a significant part of God's plan that that I matter, that my choices matter and help other people, that I can make a difference in this world. I love that idea. Um, but growing up, I I kind of had two lives sometimes where I I wanted to pursue this ideal, but I also really enjoyed having fun uh, like everybody else did. And sometimes I lost myself in that fun. Yeah, high school was kind of a whirlwind. I, w- I remember, yeah, I'd go to camps and I'd, I'd be like, wow, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to, you know, tell other people about God and about how much God loves them and values them. And I'm going to change my ways. So I, in high school, I, I, I got into a lot of partying, uh, a lot of partying. I, I mean, not just Friday and Saturday night. I, I could party on a Tuesday night just as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't such a great time for me developmentally. <laughs> um i enjoyed i enjoyed getting together with friends i enjoyed making the most of life um but that also meant i didn't make the best decisions for my life i i mean i i got in fights at school i got in fights after school i i you know i went out to bonfires and you know did what happens at a bonfire with high school kids and you know i i really got caught up in that lifestyle and there was I could feel a contradiction in myself of who I wanted to be and who I was being. I guess um, later on my, in my life, I always loved, I'd read uh, from St. Paul, he talks about having this contradiction inside of himself that he wants to do the will of God, but he finds himself at war with the members in his own body. And I, I felt mm, that growing up, yeah. you know, this, I was like, man, life could be so wonderful. I, I know I, I just had this awesome experience with all these people and I, I can see what it could be, uh, but I couldn't help uh, get caught up in the world around me uh, and, and in that partying lifestyle. And it was kind of a mess for me. I, I didn't show up to school as often as I probably should have. Um, I uh, really struggled with that. I, I wasn't a bad kid, but I, you know, I was respectful when I got in trouble, but I did get in trouble a lot. <laughs> somehow uh, the principal The best actually... kind of bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> the worst kind. I, I, I get nervous because I see my son. He's the sweetest boy. He's so respectful, but he's also a little mischievous. And <laughs> I see myself in that, you know, because, um, yeah, I remember, you know, the, the secretaries at the school, you know, I'd be being marched off to the principal's office and they'd say, be nice to him, Mr. Bond, you know, (laughs) they're always on my side. (laughs) So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun time, but I, I felt like life should be something more. And, uh, I guess I, I got up a little bit later. Uh, my, my, I was coming up to my senior year in high school. I was finally, I guess, trying to take my life somewhat serious. And I was looking at what I should do. And, you know, I, I was tired of going this back and forth of like jumping into this idea that maybe God could be a part of my life. Maybe uh, a relationship with God's important. Maybe I could, you know, pursue something greater or maybe I could just be like all my friends at high school. And so I came to this moment and I said, you know, I've got to challenge this and say, you know, give God a chance. 
and say, I'm going to throw mm. myself 100% at it and, and see what works. And if it doesn't work, it was also like my get off the hook from this. Like, I can do whatever I want if God doesn't show up in my life. <laughs> and so oh, I was like, God. I'm going to challenge it all. So mm -hmm. there was a boarding school um, for uh, youth of the unification movement that I went to in Texas. I, I decided to go out there because I just I needed to find another way and I needed to see if this worked out. And so I went down there and my whole idea there, my motivation was not academic. It wasn't to graduate high school. I mean, I, I did have to do some work while there, but my motivation was just to figure out the next step in my life. And do I want to commit myself uh, to faith or not? And so I got down there and what, um, what the instructors there really encouraged us was to do uh, what we'd call like conditions or like um, faith practices and, and practice our faith through uh, different challenges, I guess. Uh, so things that were encouraged were like, you know, daily readings of scripture or doing cold showers to deny my body or, or to fast, you know, not long fast, a day or three days at the most. Uh, you know, but to kind of challenge myself and to deny my, my body so that I could really get in, in touch with my heart, with my emotions, with my spirit, uh, to take time to slow down all that and, and focus on this relationship with God. And so they're encouraging this. And I said, you know, okay, I'll, I'll try this out. And actually, I'm going to try them all out all the time. Because again, I wanted to kind of <laughs> figure this out. <laughs> You went extreme, I, all or nothing. I went extreme. I jumped in. I, I think I was secretly hoping to get off the hook. So I was like, I'm going to throw it all out there. <laughs> Testing God, yeah. Yeah, the best way, right? You got to mm -hmm. test God. You got to challenge God, I think, right? You got you to gotta lean into your doubts and figure that out. Otherwise, mm -hmm. life, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to wind up at 60 years old and be like, man, I invested my whole life in this and it was all garbage you know like i didn't mm, want to yeah. end my life and and look back and say hey why didn't i ever question it mm -hmm. um so that's where i was at and so i remember you have i'm doing cold showers i'm reading every day like three different kind of religious texts i started doing fasting i remember my first time i fasted for three days um i, I fasted for three days and this is just it's no food i'm only drinking water for three days and at the end of this, we're always encouraged, there's a slow process to reintroduce food so that you don't get an upset stomach, so you don't hurt yourself. So I finished the fast, I'm warming up some rice, you know, just a nice light bowl of rice. When some of my friends came in the door with all these hot wings, right? They came in and they, oh, no. they got all these hot oh, wings. Oh no. Right? Yeah, and, and I'm just smelling those and, and they're like, yeah, this is a hot one. This is this one. Oh, and this is suicide. And of course I got to try suicide. So um, anyways, the lesson from that is don't eat spicy things after a fast. I don't think I felt that way. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. That's Definitely rough. been so, there. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun uh, trying these things out. Um, yeah, doing all these conditions. And and I tried and I tried and and you know, for month after month, I would try all these things. And, you know, the words of God are nice, you know, they're nice ideas, I thought, like, oh, you know, that that would it looks sounds kind of idealistic, but, you know, it sounds like a nice idea. Um, 
So I wasn't like turned off by it, but I wasn't really connecting with God as I was hoping. I was doing these fasts and doing these cold showers and doing different prayers, 21 minutes of prayer every day or whatnot, and really is trying to dig in. And there wasn't really anything happening for me. And uh, so I, I just kept cruising. I said, well, I, I said, I'll give it a year, so I'll keep at it. And I think it was like six months in. I One day I'm reading um, one of our, our scriptures, and this is uh, the Exposition of Divine Principle. It's kind of a, a textbook that explains uh, lessons from the Bible and helps us understand how that works in the context of today's world and what God was trying to do. Um, so, so I'm reading this textbook, and one of the parts that it emphasizes is Genesis 128, which God is telling Adam and Eve. It's like his first instruction to Adam and Eve. He's talking to them. He says, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion over the earth. And that dominion word I always struggled with. I, I really did not like the word dominion. I'm, I'm thinking, hey, isn't that kind of what got us in this mess in the first place is people dominate creation, right? They, they mm -hmm. you know, cut down whatever they need to cut down. They use up whatever they want to use up and mm -hmm. they just destroy this planet. And I'm like, dominion is a gross word. I don't want to control creation. And so I always struggled with that word. I, I like the idea of being fruitful, of growing to maturity. I like the idea of multiplying, sharing that love, but dominion, I, I couldn't figure out what this meant. And I remember that morning I read that and it just kind of struck me that God loved and believed in us so much that he created this whole beautiful world and was like, now you guys take care of it and, and make something beautiful. I, I want to see what you guys are going to create with this world. And I just, I, I remember like putting the book down and just being overwhelmed by the love of God and how much trust and faith he had in me. And I, I walked out the door and I was kind of a, I was kind of one of the elder people at this school and I was supposed to help out kids. I, I made lunches for them and everything, but I just disappeared for the day. I, I, I walked out the door, I grabbed a trash bag and I'm like, I, I need to take care of creation. And I started like walking around and I'm walking around the river and I'm picking up trash and just in a conversation with God. And that's how I explain it. It, it, it was a conversation. It was like, I would say a word, I would express a feeling. And it was like, immediately I would get feedback from God. Like, this is how I, I'm feeling. And, and God would say, oh, you know, this is, this is what I'm trying to teach you, son. Like, this is what it's about. Wow. And it was just talk, just give and take. Like, and this was 12 hours from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. I walked around and I was wow. in this other world. And I remember like I, I'd pick up a leaf and I would just stare at this leaf and say, wow, look how beautiful this leaf is. And and wow, it, it's, it's made the same way every time. And oh, this seed makes this tree. And and I would go in this whole like 30 minutes on a leaf, you know, and then I'd go and and pick up a, a flower, you know, and do the same thing all over again, thinking, wow, God, I can't believe you created this from a seed and, and you continue to multiply it and and you put all the directions right in this little thing and it knows what to do and just blown away by the creation and having this connection with God. And I just remember that being such a huge moment in my life. And I, I walk in at 10 p.m. as the group is all closing for the night and I just kind of wander in and they go, you know, where did this guy come from? <laughs> and I just, I, I was in a different world. It was, 
it was like my partying days, but on a whole different level. Like this was drugs to the the nineteenth degree. Like anyway, it was way beyond anything I've ever experienced. Right? Oh wow, that's and, so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I find it so interesting because, like, um, I mean, it really sounds like you had. I don't, I don't want to say like religious experience. Cause I think that's such a cliche in a sense. Right. But it kind of mm-hmm. was like this, this really powerful, impactful moment. Um, but what I find really interesting is that, cause I think a lot of people want that kind of experience. Like we kind of are like, yeah, I would love to have something like that happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you really put the work in, beforehand to set the right um i guess to show how serious you were that you really wanted to pursue an understanding right an answer Mm -hmm. in a sense and like maybe you know even like even in our faith tradition the way we talk about conditions it's like you need a time period you need a, a central figure you know to connect with to keep that vertical alignment and stuff and um it's, but it, it sounds to me like all of that hard work that you really put in paid off with this like incredibly beautiful, powerful experience. Um, would you say that that's the moment that like things just really changed for you? I think that that was like an undeniable moment that I can always go back to um, that just solidifies like God is real. That was a real conversation. Like I, there was things that were like revealed to me in that conversation that I didn't think of. Like, I know, like, I didn't know the answer to this problem or this relationship that I had had in the past or why this has happened to me. Why did I have this experience? And it just was so clear every answer. And I, I couldn't deny it. I was like, this, there was something real that happened that day. Yeah. Wow. And, and since then, I've definitely had like dips in my face. I've had moments where I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of this. And I, I tried this. And, you know, <laughs> yes. Yep. And, and I, I want to watch, but then I'm like, but I know that God is real. I know underneath it all, God really cares about me and really does have uh, my best interest at heart. I know that for a fact. Um, even if other things I struggled with and, and still to this day, I struggle with and I, Go back to that moment. That that's an anchor point for me, I guess. I, I sometimes I feel like God gives you enough sometimes so that you can hang on. Um, but <laughs> I've never had that kind yeah. of experience again. Ooh, I get that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Gives you just enough when you're desperate. You know, when you say, "I can't yeah. do anymore. I can't stretch anymore. This relationship won't go anywhere," and God's like, "Here you go." You know. <laughs> here's my it. infinite love you know yes you can you know because i'm here yeah. yeah it's it's in your it's within you yeah yeah but i think that's that's something um like making setting the stage i think to have those experiences you know that it seems like you know that was pivotal for you and since yeah. that time like how would you say you've applied you know what you got from that experience but also how you grew up, maybe how your, how your parents, you know, explain the divine principle or, you know, the values of this church in your daily life, like mm. what sticks with you even today. And now you have your own kids, you know, what are you teaching them? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my parents were always um, pretty real with me. Um, I guess their faith was always substantial as far as like they would go visit other churches. They would, uh, you know, read with us. They'd study with us. Uh, but I didn't ever feel like it was just in the sky kind of faith. It was very grounded uh, in the way that they treated each other. Um, they really made sure that we spent a lot of time with my grandparents, with my cousins, with my uncles and aunts. Uh, they really invested in family and in community. And I always saw that uh, present in their life. I mean, growing up, my dad was often traveling. He did a lot of church mission work. He would go, um, he did kind of public relations for our movement, uh, going to Russia and uh, working with people there, going to North Korea, uh, travel, I, you know, travel around a lot and uh, worked with a lot of different types of people. Uh, but he always, even though his faith was, or the church work, his missionary work was very important. I remember he always made a lot of time to invest in us when he would come home. Like if he was out for a few weeks in Russia, he'd come home. And it was like, dad's going for runs with us every morning. I, I don't like running, but my dad loved running. So we'd all go running together, uh, through the woods and we'd go for big, long runs. And we'd, you know, go out to the mountains, go to the beach. We'd spend a lot of time together. We always would uh, take big vacations up to Minnesota to visit uh, all of our relatives. He made sure that family was a major part, you know, that it wasn't like he's just so focused on church that he couldn't be a part of our family. And I felt like that's something that I've really received. Um, Whoa, hold on a second. Is, yeah. It's just sinking in now. Your dad went to like Russia and North Korea in like the 90s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> were yeah. you guys ever like worried about him like i mean those were, were you aware easy time like yeah <laughs> right like i don't think i was aware yeah i didn't know what was going on i guess i didn't even think about that till now yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just made you feel so like at home and peaceful you know when he was home <laughs> Yeah, I remember wow. him just bringing home this sweater, this Russian sweater with like the metal, some metal name tag thingy on. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was just wow. part of life, though, like doing mission work and, and being a part of the world and trying to make things mm -hmm. better. That was the example that I saw my parents and my mom doing Sunday school and, you know, helping out with wherever she could. And uh, so that really, yeah, I always saw them doing faith, but I always saw them very involved in our family as well, that it wasn't, it didn't take them away from us, uh, if mm. you will, which I really appreciated. And that's something, yeah, I see in my own relationship with my kids now that I really want my faith modeled in the home just as much as at church. You know, church is one thing that's, you know, when we're in our best, you know, we're looking our best, we're acting our best, but I want to make sure that I'm also practicing it at home. And, and so that looks like, you know, I have kids and, and sometimes they do things that I didn't want them to do, right? And sometimes I uh, respond stronger than I, maybe even their, their action merits because of whatever, right? Maybe I'm just overwhelmed with something else. And I, I try to make it a point now to also go back to my kids after and say, you know, Hey, I understand what what you did. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it was okay, but I also I want you to understand that I'm also trying to grow through this. And and we talk about these things. We talk about mistakes. Um, that's one big thing I I learned with my kids is you know 
we talk through mistakes because there's only one way to improve or restore or fix something is when you talk mm. with someone about it. And so I, I give them opportunities. Hey, yeah, I, I see you were really frustrated yesterday and you were flipping out and what's going on, you know? And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to yell at you about your action, but let's talk about, because something's got to be causing this emotion. There, there must be something going on. And, uh, and so I've learned to really communicate with the kids, um, you know, knowing that all of our actions, right, are, are a result of something going on in our heart, uh, something going on in our emotions. And, yeah. Uh, and so we need to be addressing people at the core and not just addressing the expressions. Um, and I think that's, maybe that is, that's a, a big thing from my faith upbringing, I feel, is, is looking not at band-aid solutions and just saying, hey, stop yelling, but find out why they're yelling in the first place. I love that. Like that, that hits really home for me. And it gives me hope too, because like, <laughs> even even with my own kids, you know, like I, you know, I work full time, I have four kids, you know, and um, I mean, Jaria, you, you come from a big family, right? I mean, how yeah. many, how many siblings Six do you boys. have again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, but the fact that your parents could be so involved in um, the work that they felt dedicated to, but still really intentional with the time with you guys gives me hope because yeah, I mean, you know, I've been trying to do this thing that I learned from this uh, mommy blogger that I follow. And, you know, it's like just 20 minutes of like quality time with one kid, you know, during during a weeknight. And I was like, yes, like those, you know, full day, like a, you know, mommy daughter date is like really hard, like kills an entire day. <laughs> and there's so much, you know, going on. But like, I was like, okay, 20, I can do 20 minutes. I can do that, you know, but it, I feel mm. like, I feel like what you were talking about, it's like, it's the quality, it, not necessarily like the quantity, right? Like you could spend every single day with your kids and ignore them too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's encouraging for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember my dad, you know, he, he worked long hours. He had his own business. You know, my parents, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom, but supported him. And I remember some mornings, you know, before school, he'd be like, okay, if you wake up early enough and like, we get out the door by seven, I'll take you to breakfast. So any kid Ooh. that woke up on time got to like, have a nice like breakfast at, I don't know, Wendy's or something like, you know, there's like, French toast sticks, you know, that you could dip or, you know, biscuits and gravy because it was the South. Um, and that was really special. You know, those little, those little, you know, it's just an hour of his time, but it was, um, yeah, really precious when, you know, I usually didn't wake up early enough to go to those. <laughs> the couple of times I did were really special or after school, you know, if he'd just pick you up and you were the only one and could just spend that little bit of time. Yeah. That meant the world. Yeah. And, and just like, I mean, since we're on the topic of childhood and children, and my oldest is almost a teenager, <laughs> I do kind of want to circle <laughs> back a little bit to your high school experience and, and just ask for you, what, what do you think it was that was so appealing about the partying about like the experiences that you had with your high school friends? Because, and I'm sure like a lot of people um, experience the same thing, you know, like people are drawn to it for, for different reasons, but you know, there is something that is alluring about it. And 
in your experience, what do you think that was? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it was something of, of like trying to run away from something. It wasn't uh, bottling emotions. I, I enjoy having a good time. I remember though, because when it first started, like my, my friends, I'd be going to a party and my friends actually knew I was very against everything. I'd be like, oh, where, where'd that group of people go? And they're like, oh, don't worry, Jerry, they'll be back in a second, you know, and they'd like cover <laughs> for each other in front of me because they liked me, but they also liked doing, you know, grabbing a drink or something. And, and I remember that like more and more, like, as, as I was growing up, like, that more and more they'd, they'd be like, oh, well, Jerry, we're going to do this, but I know you're against it. So, you know, but they would try and hide it from me. And I think at some point it was just like, you know, I was at a party and I was like, hey, can I try to like, I, I, I guess it was just wanting to be a part of that group. Um, maybe, you know, sometimes you get lost in a, a big family and everything, you know, we're a big family. And um, so I spent a lot of time with my friends and and maybe didn't have uh, the clearest of purpose. In my, you know, I didn't have a lot of I, I played some sports, but not I was not very involved in any one sport i enjoyed them but uh, i was definitely no athlete um that wasn't my life i i could do a skipping sports i could i didn't have anything i guess maybe that grounded me like anything that i was mm -hmm. really invested in um mm -hmm. as an alternative um so you know later on i got into snowboarding but it's not like partying and snowboarding don't go hand in hand anyway <laughs> you, you definitely uh, don't want to do that yeah yeah <laughs> Snowboarding's hard enough as it is. <laughs> oh no, I definitely partied when I was snowboarding. That's what oh, I Oh mean. really? I was a totally, I was a... So from experience, don't do that, kids. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not having and and I think that is something I, I work with my kids. Like I've I've encouraged them to try out different things, but when they find something they like, like that's the thing. Because also I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to be going to like bas basketball and then baseball and then soccer and then go to drama, you know, like, mm -hmm. like one thing we'll invest, into it, we'll invest money into it. You can really make that your thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel also the kids really appreciate this and that they're really, you know, this is, you know, my daughter's a ballerina and it's her thing and it's become like her world and, and the girls that she dances with and the te you know, it's, there's a whole culture around it. And, I, I feel like having something as an anchor like that, that really brings her pride and joy also will protect her from making, you know, we can say, hey, well, maybe we don't want to have boyfriends or maybe we don't want to do, you know, drugs or drink because this is such an important part of your life mm. um, because there's a clear Ooh. reason behind it. Right. So so we've definitely invested a lot in that and, and we get involved in it. Like I love going out to the ballet stuff or I go to my son's Taekwondo and I sit with him during the whole time and we talk about it and we practice after. Um, so we really, I try and go make ballet it a dads. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, I guess I wonder also because just, you know, as you've been sharing about your journey, you sound a little bit also like a, like you like to test the boundaries of things too, right? Like, a, <laughs> I don't know, is there like an adrenaline rush a little bit from, from kind of testing those things because even your experience of like really saying like okay god this is it you know show me or you know it, it you're very you 
you seem to me like a very, a person who really throws themselves into things in a sense. Um, would you say that's accurate? I guess. Yeah. When I was thinking about, as you were starting to say, it, I'm like, no, I'm not like that, like aggressive, all it, but no, I, I guess then I look at my life and I go, yeah, you know, like I, when me and my wife want to try something like we we're an adventurous couple in a sense, like we, uh, in 2015, we, uh, we decided to start our own business and we built up like a birthday party, uh, indoor play place center in Chicago. And, uh, kind of went all in. I was, and my whole thing was, I was like, we started talking about it and I was like, all right, I'm going to tell a bunch of people we're going to do it that way. If I, I can't back out, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so we threw ourselves at it and that was like our whole world or, uh, we decided to do a church plant, which is like starting a new church with a, a small group of core people. So mm. we met with some friends, some people that had similar values to us, uh, that wanted to see, um, our faith, which is unificationism, like kind of go out into the world, uh, and maybe in a new expression, a new way of approaching it. Uh, so we, we sat down and we kind of drafted it all up. We thought like, what are our core values? What are our core beliefs? And we went out and we started this new church and, and, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a bold move. And I, I guess, yeah, when I look at things, we've done these big decisions and I guess it makes life exciting, adventurous. Yeah. I, I guess there is that part to me that I always like to jump in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't your church at one point, the, the, the smaller, you know, the church plant, wasn't it in a bar or a brewery something like that at one point yeah oh, yeah we yeah. looked for places to <laughs> to meet and uh and we found this brewery it was a beautiful building um you know it and it was a nice place like you, you had like your anyways it was a nice restaurant really nice food and stuff but they had some rooms downstairs that were reserved mostly you know for like maybe bachelor parties or different events uh but really nice uh, rooms and yeah so we like we, we checked it out and they're like yeah anyways they gave us a great deal they gave us coffee and pastries for like a hundred bucks a week and we set up <laughs> oh wow, for wow. Us. Like, nice this is a steal uh, they figured sunday morning they weren't getting any customers anyways so oh, they were just setting up for lunch and they just have someone you know throw down some stuff for us and go up and get lunch ready and uh yeah, it was it was kind of neat because I remember we'd meet people like my wife would meet someone in like the grocery store and they're like, well, I don't know if I could get my husband to go into church, but if he could sit on a bar stool, I could probably do that, you know. And, uh, That's so funny. Bar, you know. bar side church. Yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go to where people are going anyways. And, you know, God's mm. part of all of our life, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a fun adventure. Uh, we did that, and then we moved it to our our business, to our our birthday party venue, which worked out great because the kids could play in the play area while we did church service. Um, so, yeah, that worked out. But yeah, we always kind of throw ourselves. I guess you know when I think about it, right? There, there's a part where Jesus is calling out to Peter, and he's like. Hey, he's like, Hey, Jesus, you're out in the water. Like, call me to come and I'll come. And, and he steps out there because he's got faith. Um, mm. and because of his faith, you know, he can walk out there. But then the moment he starts doubting it all, he starts to sink. And <laughs> I kind of feel like, you know, God's always saying, like, 
hey, I'm 100% with you and I'll help you with whatever you do. But we also have to kind of step out too. We've got to make that effort because mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, oh God, make everything work and put, you know, set up everything. And God's like, are you even going to do anything with it? So sometimes we just throw ourselves out there and it's blown up in our face sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I feel like also through those things, it's like, I learned so much. I grow so much. I think that's a big thing. Like in our faith, there's this concept of growth stages, right? We're, we don't, we're not just perfect because we read this scripture and we go, Oh, I should be good. So I'm good. Right. It's yeah, like yeah. you read this and it's challenging and it's uncomfortable. And you like, mm -hmm. I don't know at all how to act good. I don't know at all how to have a good marriage. I've been having an okay marriage. I don't know how to do that. And we step in and we're like, we recognize there's a formation stage of like, this is a stage where you don't know anything and you're just studying about it. You're looking at it. You're thinking about it. And then there's a growth stage when you're actually committing to start working on it and you practice it. And with practice, it accepts the idea that there's going to be failure. There's going to be mistakes. You're going to fumble. Mm. Sometimes I'm going to say the wrong word to my wife. I'm going to mess up as par a parent sometimes, but that doesn't make me a failure. It's just part of the growth mm -hmm. process. It's supposed to be there, actually. And mm. then finally, we go into our, our maturity stage of like, okay, actually, I've, I've learned from my mistakes. I'm better at this. I understand it better now. Then the funny thing is, once we've mastered that area, then there's like a whole other area of life that opens <laughs> up to us, and we're back at formation. Yeah. We're like back at like, yes. you know nothing yes. again, right? Like, yeah. You're still confident, and then, oh, yeah, you don't know anything, and you start all over, but... <laughs> That's like part of our faith. And I, I think mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing that there's that grace built into it, that there's mm -hmm. this challenge to go out and, and try things you've never done before, because that's the only way you're going to grow, uh, that we mm -hmm. have to constantly be expanding our experiences and jumping in and trying it out. And um, it does help when I have a faith community that supports me and they're like, well, yes. Dario, you're over your head, but here, I can help you out. You know? <laughs> Um, yes, yes, totally. Yeah. You know, there's this Franciscan uh, monk. He wrote this book called Falling Upward. And mm. he talks about the first and the second half of life. And what's important about the first half of life, um, from his experience, he was like a chaplain and he, you know, um, he ministered to to people in prison, sometimes, you know, who had life sentences and saw all these conversions and all of that. And he said the most important thing is to have a home, quote unquote, to go back to, to push up against mm -hmm. and to have values. So to instill values and some kind of spiritual life in kids, not necessarily that they'll, you know, stay exactly, you know, in the same faith or the same traditions as you, but they have something to push up against and to test and that that's an essential part of life is actually that mm. growth and that stretching beyond your your base, but you have to have a base. Yeah, I love it's, that. And, and even that concept of just, we have to find out who we are as an individual. Like I believe that God's created each one of us with an individual expression of who he is. Like we have a unique way to interact with other people, build relationships, to think and, and uh, behave, right? Um, and we need to identify that. And so I, I see it happen. Like I did youth ministry for several years and I would see it all the time. Like kids would grow under their parents. And then there is a point where they kind of just have to figure out who they are. And we call it rebellion. But really, I think what it is, is this need to separate from, from just, oh, this is my parents' faith. This is my parents' 
way of dealing with the household and my parents would, and they have to figure it out. And and I look at this and I, I see even like with my parents, you know, my dad grew up a Catholic, my mom grew up Lutheran. And at some point they had to step out from that and see what values they associate with. What did they want to incorporate mm. in their life? And it wasn't a rejection necessarily of their mom and dad or their family, but it was a necessary development of, of figuring out who they were. Um, and I think if we can do this in our faith community, give that solid home base, like you were talking about, that people are allowed to explore and figure out, this is who I am, this is, this is what makes sense. Oh, I'm testing my parents' faith against culture and does it ring true? But there's a, a, a safe place that, that loves them and supports them that they can come back to when they're ready to. And, and uh, I've seen that in our own faith community down here is, is that we have a lot of people that, you know, they're, they graduate high school, they go to college, they start out a career. Man, when you start a career, you're like the bottom rung in your company. You're the guy <laughs> that has to work all the weekends. You have to do mm -hmm. all the trips. You got to, and you've got to prove yourself because you want to move up, right? And so then church isn't always, you know, Sunday morning is not always something that they're going to. And I've found like, it's not always even just a rejection of faith, but it's just, it's not in their program at the moment. But if we continue to keep a community where they feel like these, this is my family, they know they have a safe place to come back to. And then they start moving into marriage and thinking about kids. And naturally they're like, oh yeah, this is my, my home. This is the place where I want to raise my kids. And we've seen a lot of kids kind of come back and choose this faith community because it, it continued to be that safe place for them. It allowed them to make that journey. Maybe begrudgingly, some parents aren't, you know, I, I'm also I'm terrified of that, you know? I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through that, but I recognize that it's, I, I'm going to continue to create that loving space. So even when my kids need to go through that journey, they'll know that mom and dad are here for them. And hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Like really investing in a community and creating that kind of a safe space for people. Um, and, and you were talking about, the process, the growing process involves like making mistakes and things. And um, how do you address a lot of the guilt and the shame that comes up when people make mistakes, especially in a faith community that talks about the ideal all the time and ideal families and, you know, mature individuals and things like that. It, but, you know, so there's a lot of shoulds you should mm. do this and you should do that. And this is the standard, you know, that we're trying to achieve. Um, so, so how do you address um, those, the mistakes that people make along the way, um, especially in light of viewing it as part of like a necessary part of the process in a sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, to start, I guess it comes back to like, Lena and I, we have this motto, you know, that we pursue the ideal while embracing reality. And I always feel like it's important to put up like what we could be. What what could life look like? Uh, what could my marriage look like? What could my career look like? Um, and put that up there, not not to lessen that because we're not measuring up to it yet, but to keep it up there as a goalpost, like something I'm working towards. I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm no way, you know, a perfect husband. I I make mistakes. Um, but I, I, I don't take that ideal away from me. I, 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 then I look at my reality and I say, this is where I'm at today. 
Um, this is where I'm going, and and I've got a long way to go, but uh, you know I'm going to accept and give grace to that. I I, I think that, like um, a big thing. Like I remember when my son was maybe like two years old, three years old. I don't know, little, and he'd go he'd in bath time. He loved playing with these magnets. They looked like little rocks, but they were really smooth, like metallic magnets, and he loved playing with them. But he'd often like put one in his mouth. He'd like, and we're like, Tyler, don't do that. You're going to swallow it. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to swallow it. Um, right? Of course, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd be playing with this and playing with this. And one day he's in the bathtub and he's playing with them. And I, I'm like playing with him. I'm talking with him. And I look away and I look back. And suddenly one of the magnets is gone. And he's looking up at me with tears in his eyes, just freaking out, you know? Oh, my gosh. And... You know, because the first thing that's going through his mind is like, mom and dad have told me a million times, don't put it in your mouth and I'm going to swallow it. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I can see like, it's not just like he's scared, like, oh, I, did I hurt myself? He's like, I messed up. You know, I knew I wasn't mm. supposed to do this and I messed up. And so I like stopped in that moment and I was like, Tyler, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, first off, are you okay? What happened? And I said, I'm not going to get mad at you. I know that you, you know, um, you did something, maybe you weren't supposed to, but that, that's okay. I'm not worried about that. I just want to fix this right now. And I said, you know, I got to call poison control. This is a magnet, you know? So I'm like, oh shoot, what do I do? I don't know. You know? Um, <laughs> so I'm like, Kyler, I just need you to be really honest with me so that we can figure this out and fix this. And I just kept reassuring him, like, I'm not mad at you, but I want to help you. I want to help you fix this so nothing bad happens. And so I call up and they're like, oh, you know, okay. So he swallowed a magnet. Did he swallow two? And I'm like, no, just one. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, then it's totally fine. It'll pass. No problem. Uh, If your child ever swallows two magnets, be careful because the two magnets can like pin the intestines and stuff. That's what they told me. But so I, I like talked to him. I'm like, Kyler, you're sure it's, it's just one? He's like, yeah, dad, I, I swallowed one. And, and we just kind of talked through it. And, and I, I, then I remember just sitting with him and I'm like, hey, Kyler, you know, I've made mistakes too. And he's like, oh, yeah, dad? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, tell me your mistakes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, if I'm going to be parenting, I got to be upfront, right? So I, I'm like, mm. all right. So I, I talked to him and I, I told him about something silly I did when I was little. Uh, it started to become like his favorite thing. He'd always like at night, he'd be like, Dad, tell me more of your mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. But I, I think felt kids it was like important. seeing that their yeah. parents are human, you know, like, yeah. oh, mm. they're like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dad does something. Yeah. So. Lena told me I, I, I'm not allowed to tell them about my high school mistakes yet. <laughs> Good call, Lena. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I thought it's important, you know, to say, hey, you know, I've made mistakes. I apologize. I work on it. And mm-hmm. I was trying to model that for my kids because ultimately as a parent, my hope is, is to have children that are mature, that are able to take responsibility for their own life, that are able to, you know, empathize with others, care for others. I want to equip my children. I don't want to just tell them, no, don't do this because I said Mm. so. I want to talk it through with them. And so I look at that in my faith community as well. It's not like we just say, hey, don't get in that relationship because it's bad for you. It's like, let's talk about 
what's going on and, and is this a healthy relationship you're in and why is it healthy? Why is it unhealthy? Like, let's talk about that instead of just condemning actions that people make. Hey, I, you know, I noticed you've been drinking a lot recently. You know, I mean, I've got friends and they drink sometimes and, and then some people drink too much or, you know, some people do behaviors that are destructive to them. And, you know, there's a point of talking to people and just saying, hey, do you think this is healthy for you? Do you think this is helping you in your goals in life and, and what you're trying to achieve in life? And it's not necessarily condemning actions that people take, but it's looking at how can I have the best life I can have? How can I make steps towards that? And if there's things that are hurting me, I need to be able to talk about that. And if there's things that are helping me, let's talk about that as well. Like, let's address those things. Um, so a lot of it isn't necessarily, you know, we're not a, a, a church trying to find out who's got the most sin. You know, uh, we all mm. fall short in different areas. Uh, we're a place trying to help people live the healthiest life. How to have the best marriage you can have with where you're at today. You know, maybe I've made mistakes. You know, maybe I've, you know, had a relationship before and I feel guilty that I, it didn't work out and I, okay, that happened. And that was part of my growth period. And although it's painful that it happened, let's just move forward and see how we can take healthier steps next time around. Um, and so we're always looking at that, how to move towards a better life. We can't fix everything from our past. We can't, mm. um, it's there. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's shaped who we are. I feel like my history has given me a lot of empathy for people uh, that also struggle with addictions and and with uh, you know different lifestyles and, and challenges of who they want to be and who they are and I can hear that and I I can help people because of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, I often wonder that too. Some I feel like sometimes going through the most painful experiences actually gives you an ability to really embrace people more deeply because of that shared um, suffering. I guess you know you can. Mm truly be empathetic in a way that you might not be able to um, without having had that experience. And, you know, sometimes I find it's such a gift to just hold someone's hand and say, like, me too. (laughs) So, Jerio, do you find that that's your role as a pastor, holding Um, people's hand and, you know, listening to kind of where they're at and encouraging them that they can move forward? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's definitely a a big part of our ministry down here is um, I want to understand where people are at. I do like to hear their stories. I want them to be able to share these. Um, I I feel like a big part is coaxing out the the value in people, like helping them go sift through all the things in their life and find out what's the dream on their heart, like what what's valuable, what's important that they have to share with this world and help them Mm. try and realize it. Like, my wife and I are dreamers and we feel like we always like to hear people's stories and they go, well, you know, I always wanted to be an artist, but I, I know I can't make money. And I'm like, so tell me more about being an artist. Like, how, how do you want to pursue that? How can we start moving <laughs> you towards that? And uh, that's one of our most exciting things is finding it, the thing that, that makes someone's eyes light up hmm. and saying, let's lean into that. Let's figure that out. Let's see what that looks like. Because I know that God put that spark in them for a reason, right? There's and maybe it looks different in their expression than what they thought it was. Maybe the artistic side doesn't mean like they're on, you know, they're out in Paris and painting, you know, or something. But maybe <laughs> it's it's having an eye for the way rooms are are set up, or you know, maybe they can use that gift 
and find a way to, you know, add value to people's lives. And how do we add value? How do you add value? What, what is beautiful about you? Um, I think it definitely a big part is helping people believe that the ideal is for everybody, that God's hope is for each one of us. Um, mm. that, you know, I, I just see it. it I live in this world and I, I think we're one family under God. Like these are children of God. Like I stand in front of my congregation sometimes. And I'm like, ah. like these people represent God's heart. Like each one of them has this beautiful expression and some of it's different, <laughs> you know, but you know, but it's all this unique expressions. And I want them to see what I see. I want them to feel that. I, I was recently asked this question, like describe your community. And I remember just kind of like standing there and kind of like coming to tears, just thinking mm. how beautiful it's been to see people on a journey, to see them go through struggles and challenges, but also see them victorious, see them open up in ways they weren't able to open up before um, and start to deal with the things that were holding them back from living out their true value. And I really feel like pulling that out from people and helping them understand like they can be better. They can uh, be more, they can have more in life, they can find joy in life, even though it's been challenging, even though they've had setbacks, uh, you know, you can make it forward. I, I think, um, yeah, that's been a big thing for me. I want people to also feel like there's a community that loves them and supports them around that, that, you know, that we often talk about in our community, you know, you got uncles and aunts that have been through that before, you got little brothers that are looking up to you, you know, like, how can we work together to support each other? How can you you know, talk to one another in a way that really lifts you up and encourages you. And mm. I've been so proud of being in the community I'm in because I always feel that way. I always feel like I'm supported and people will even be like, you know, after the fact, like, Jerry, I, you were you were telling us about this and I thought it was great. I, I got to tell you, like, I didn't think it was going to work, you know, but I was there <laughs> for you and I supported you. And I said, like, let's do this. Let's get behind them. And I love that. Like, I love being a creator in life, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what we're put on earth? Like God is a creator, we're his children. We're supposed to create something. And mm -hmm. and that involves messiness. That involves like getting in the mud and pulling out the clay and starting to mold that. And and it looks all funky for a little while. And it, you know, what you're, what's in your mind is not what's being expressed. And you keep working at it and you do it together as a community. We do it as a family um, and we work through and. And I do see like more and more in my family and my community, just this beautiful thing that we're creating. And it makes me just so happy. I'm so proud. I'm, I'm so filled with joy <laughs> to see the creative process, um, even the process itself as being a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and, but also knowing where we're going, right? We're all coming back to God. We're all on that path. And, and sometimes we're taking detours and sometimes, you know, we straight up got to turn around. Like we've just been going in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, but we're all on this journey and we, we just want to support each other to get back uh, to that intimate relationship with God. And, uh, you know, I see at the end of the day, right, there's a kingdom of heaven that I want to be in, but it's not it's not the kingdom of heaven without you. It's not the kingdom of heaven without my brother. It's not the kingdom of heaven without my kids. So, you know, even though if that means I slow down my process, um, you know, I'm going to do that because I think it's so important, so valuable. Uh, the people that we carry in life and the people that we love for in life. Yeah, I love, I love that. that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, my parents are part of Jerio's community. So, you know, I've been there over the years and um, spent summers. And I know I really appreciate the ministry that you and Lena are doing down there. And I can see the growth and the joy in that community 
And I think it comes from that attitude that you two share of seeing everyone uniquely and embracing everyone. Like there's, there's a freedom, I think, in your community. So Jerio, after pastoring for how many years now? 11 years. 11 years. Wow. All right. I was going to say a decade, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11 years <laughs> and three kids. You just had your, your, your third baby recently. Um, what does yeah. faith and spirituality look like for you now where you're at and what keeps you inspired? What keeps you connected to God? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I guess first off as a pastor, I, I show up to church every Sunday. <laughs> kind of expected to, I guess. Um, you know, but but it is true. Like being at church every Sunday, um, and it, and this is how I grew up too. Even if it wasn't our church, I was going to a church every Sunday. Um, and I felt like it was it's such an important thing that anchors us in life because life is busy. Life there's a million demands of our time, of our focus, of our energy, and to focus on my goals, my heart, my emotional development, like what what are the dreams that I've created with God? And to be able to go back to that week after week is so very important. It's, it's such a treasure for me to take time to listen to music, to pray, uh, to just stop everything for an hour. And I, I just focus on my relationship with God, my relationships with other people. How am I doing? How do I feel right now? What are the burdens on my heart? And be able to process that every week, I think is so uh, integral to my life. And so I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think family is be, is huge. And that also inspires me because I I see like, how can I be a better father? I'm, I'm constantly trying to challenge myself on that. Like I'm not, I'm not fully satisfied with what I'm teaching to my kids. I, I, could, I, I could address this with them. I could... But how do I do that? I don't want to be like overhand, you know, over heavy handed on them. <laughs> I don't want to be pushing them too much, but I do want to introduce them to concepts and discuss them and help them digest them and process them. So I'm I'm constantly looking, how can I be a better father? And that also means I'm I am challenging myself because I know so clearly that the habits that my kids pick up are from me, right? Or from my wife, mm. right? But it's from us, right? They're looking to us the first, you know, if they're going through like a difficult emotional expression at the moment, they look to mom and dad and say, oh, I'm allowed to yell and scream when I'm mad, right? Because mom and dad do that, right? So mm -hmm. then I look back and I go, oh, why, why is she, you know, getting upset like that? Oh, maybe I didn't process something properly last time. So I got to address myself and become a better person because I want to set a better example for them of how... How should I properly deal with my emotions? How do I express that to someone so that they can understand it and we can fix this relationship? And so uh, by being a parent, I think I'm, I'm constantly pushing myself to be a better person myself. And I see in the expression of unification teaching, especially the divine principle textbook, I, I see this new way of dealing with relationships, with dealing with life, with pursuing goals and purpose and value that... I think could really change so many lives. Like, honestly, I, I think not in a religious sense, not in a, hey, how many people can I get in my church? You know, I'm, I'm happy to have more people at my church, but I'm just as happy if someone gets transformed by my message and then goes to the Baptist church down the road every Sunday. And I'm like, they're in a healthy relationship with God. I'm super happy for that, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is more like looking at, at the wholeness of a family and what these relationships, the dynamics of husband and wife, you know, like we teach this, this equal, equality in the marriage, but these mm -hmm. different characteristics that both possess. And, and it causes this energy that I'm always seeking to understand her more. I'm always, there's always something more to grow in because of our, our opposite characteristics in some ways, but we're also united on God. We have the same focus and hope for our marriage. And so we're also pursuing that. And, and what model that leaves for my kids and that my kids see this love that I have for my wife, the love she has for me, the way that we respect God and it passes on to them and they receive it. This is in the divine principle of four position foundation, but it's, it, it's such a simple thing in some ways, but I think a lot of relationships could benefit so much from understanding this concept or, or, you know, sometimes if I'm giving to someone and they don't respond to it in, in a, the way that I anticipated, instead of like being mad at them or cutting off the relationship, I can say, Hey, maybe I didn't give them what they needed. And so mm. this subject and object give and take relationship gives me a, a framework to start looking at my action, my interactions with other people and how I can do better with it. And so I look at all these things and I think this concept for the world would be so healing. The, the concept that we're one family under God, that excites me so much because I, I see the division, right? I mean, it's, it's all around us, divisions and, and political ideologies. It, which I'm always like, man, both those people that are passionate about their politics really love this country and want it to be better. They have a different approach to it, but I really genuinely believe they both want it to be better. How can we create uh, communication? How can we create relationship for them? Like I, I look at different races and I, you know, growing up in this faith community, it was like, that was just my aunts and uncles, my brothers and sisters. Like, it, it was weird yeah. for me to later learn like, oh, we're supposed to be different, right? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that growing up. And I want other people, I want my kids to feel that, to like go around the world and just feel at home wherever they are because we are one family. I want, I, I'm excited to express that and help people understand these different cultures, not as challenges to who they are, but as an opportunity to explore the, the, the abundance and variety of life. Like, wow, like that person from Africa has a different way of looking at things and it's neat and it's interesting and and I don't need to accept all of it, but I can I can appreciate the beauty of it, right? And so I love this concept and sharing it with the world and helping break down these barriers and, and help people see each other and the value in them and, and how beautiful other people are and how much they can add to their life by opening themselves up to that interaction, that communication. So that excites me in my faith. Like I feel like expressing these ideas into this world, helping relationships, helping parents be better parents, helping, uh, you know, couples be better couples, helping kids really own their value and not struggle through junior high and high school, like trying to fit in because they feel like <laughs> they're not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. like, Speaking yeah, from experience there. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like you can have friends, but you don't have to, you know, be molded after them. Like you're such a special yeah. person to my kids. I'm like, Man, you got so much going for you. You're so, you know, like dive into that, grow in that, develop that. And yeah, so that, that excites me. I, I'm excited to see the potential of bringing out human value, bringing out, uh, the, this appreciation of, of who people are as children of God and the unique offerings that so many people have and just being a platform to call that out to this world and to help other people realize it 
It's the same message I'd want my kids to receive. I want them to see that. I want them to see there's a process for it. They're going to be challenged. They're going to fall short sometimes, but that value is still in them and that potential is in them and that we can work on it and move towards it together. Well, Jerry, if, uh, if people are hearing this and feeling uh, inspired to check out your sermons, where uh, where can they go? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we have uh, on Facebook, uh, we go live every Sunday at Gather Family Church. Uh, Gather Family Church. Also, gatherfamilychurch.com, right? That's our, uh, you can find us there. Um, yeah, we like to really invest in those things. Some other things that we've developed uh, to really help people. My wife and I have this uh, other website, pastorsjnl.com. And Pastor JNL has Sunday school curriculum for kids. We'd shoot videos for kids. I love working with adults, but I also love working with kids. Um, <laughs> so we shoot little Sunday school videos for them. We, we've got videos for adults as well, um, you know, to understand the divine principles. We have some like introductory things there. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's, it's really, I uh, can see it through relationships and how it works in your life. Um, we've also been blessed to work with a program called schooloflove.org. And this allows uh, families to really uh, set up conversations about the purity of their children and, and the, uh, not, not purity education the way that it was maybe in the 90s, but more in a positive uh, view on sexuality, that sex is a good thing in the right time, and how to help children create healthy relationships. Um, you know, they can have friends, they can develop relationships, but um, and having crushes, having feelings is not a bad thing, but how to process that and develop it so we can have a healthy uh, interaction in junior high and high school. So we've got that program and that's been really great to help parents. And uh, so, yeah, we like to put stuff out there for this world and make it a little better. Oh, that's great. Thank that's you so awesome. much, Jerio. Yeah, we encourage everybody to check it out. Um, I know that their Sunday school curriculum is is really exciting and fun. And yeah, thank you for what you're putting out in the world, Jerio. I think we could use more positive growth mindset examples. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for for joining us, Jerio. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thanks for having Amen. me. And I hope this was Achoo. good for all y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Why I Joined. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about the Divine Principle Worldview, you can visit our website at www.familyfed.org.